Captain's Log, Stardate 75623.7. Confusion aboard Lone Star Station has become more pronounced. I have ordered senior staff and department heads to monitor behavior out of the ordinary amongst the crew. Reports coming in from the sector indicate unusual activity from the queue. This episode of These Are the Voyages is brought to you by The Power of Three. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and once again, as we as we romp around more parallel stuff, parallel processes, parallel universes, galactic barriers, codas, revenants, other fancy words that go with books, we're, we're doing the thing. And uh, joining me for um, for this discussion, this book review that we're doing here, um, are my good friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. Welcome back, guys. I'm starting to think we're not actually friends. I'm starting to think that you um, you enjoy torturing me with all these multi-universe time books. You know, I, I think I think there's a, a bit of a sadistic uh, quality to this captain, and I may or may not have to go to the chief medical officer after this and get you a nice, uh, healthy evaluation there. Okay, okay. So listen, don't blame Chase. Don't blame the captain. Blame me. <laughs> Right? The captain <laughs> makes all the decisions. <laughs> I mean, I was at the Half Price Books just, you know, having a good time looking through the stuff. And, you know, I, this popped up in the paperback science fiction section. I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. I'm a fan of Q. And I read the back. That looks interesting. It was $2. Uh, let's buy it. You know, can't go wrong. No, it, it, and then I, I convinced Chase to talk about it, oh, not no, really knowing, yeah. not really knowing that it was going to involve all the things that David dislikes. <laughs> Hold on a second. If we're going to blame anyone, this is who we're going to blame. You ready? The listeners. Because remember, oh, that's I, right. You had a Twitter poll. I, I did a Twitter poll of this, right? <laughs> oh, the crew. It's it's the crew. I get it. Okay, so the crew's right. sick. I get it. Yeah, they 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 love you, Lieutenant Commander David. They they just love you. That's that's why I'm, we're, we I'm do going these to find travel. the most boring white bread book that I possibly can. I'm going to go to the half price bookstore tomorrow and find the most just boringest Star Trek book <laughs> that will just bore everyone to tears. <laughs> no time. It'll just be completely linear. <laughs> People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. I get it. I get it. Oh Lord have mercy! Yeah, if you want, if you want to pick the the one in uh, um, um, for for April, by all means, get after it. Uh, we'll be announcing the March book here um, at the end of the episode. Um, no, yeah, go keep going. But but it will not be time travel, so that's something to look forward to. <laughs> at least know, I'm I was, hoping there's not time travel. I was reading this like yesterday and today. I'm like. Ooh, David is probably not gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, not not really to not really to dive anything into anything too quickly, but I actually didn't mind it as much here as well, as I have in other ones. 
No, I just just remember listening to those Coda reviews, and I'm like, ooh, Coda, there's Coda was there. Coda was different. <laughs> that was a different animal. I liked Coda. I really liked the first Coda book, and mostly the third one. the The second one was very much a middle book. As as a second book, a lot of the times. I, I think we is. should just call that a discovery. <laughs> I got it. Chase isn't laughing. I don't think too he soon. wants to laugh. <laughs> too soon. Too it's soon. too soon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if that's the case, we're going to do a re-review uh, next time, then, with Wonderlands. How about that? <sighs> what was that again? <laughs> that's what I expect David to say. What Do we, do we read that, that one? <laughs> Longest it, year? Was that... Or or shadows have offended one of the two. We'll, we'll, was that the wharf book? That wasn't the wharf book. Yes. Okay. All right. I keep getting that one and the the Spock and Uhura. The names of those two mixed up. Oh, um, um, uh, living memory. Right. Okay. Was, um, okay. Living right. memory was good. That was a good one. I really like living one. memory. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Chris Rios book. Yep. Mm. Rogue Elements. That was. That was that was like a popcorn book. It wasn't that yeah. bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I should really ask you guys how you're doing because we just pretty much finished talking about Discovery not too long ago. So I don't. I mean, how was your day? How about that? Since since we last sat down. <laughs> I mean, I I had to finish reading this book. I was reading it at work because I needed to finish. And I was on my break, and I'm reading this book, and they're like, we have a no pop culture rule at school. And they're like, you can't read that here. Get that out of here. It's like, I'll read it if I want. Shame. <laughs> Shame. 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 Admonished. I'm going to make me walk naked down the hallway while okay. people oh, play mud mean, at me. <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes. Wow. And singing some Backstreet Boys while you're while you're doing it. Oh, I mean, I'll sing Backstreet Boys walk down the hall. Sure. When Eric goes to quit this place, <laughs> he's just gonna come in full Jedi garb and just you know, just sing Backstreet Boys down the hall. Better get. Let's get Eric in like all white from like um, the the Millennium album or whatever. With yeah. like one of those like <laughs> those like head headset microphones, the big headset microphone, yeah. <laughs> uh, that all the truckers wear now, by the way. Do they? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> That's what we got to do for Eric, man. That's what we got to do. Oh Lord have mercy! Little, little Jedi outfit on on quitting day. Okay, good talk, good talk. Anyway, well we're at we're um. We're we're about to dive into this stuff. Um, um, David, was there was there anything that you wanted to add about your day? <laughs> no, typical work day. I've got a three day okay. weekend, so have a couple Ooh. couple things uh, planned for this weekend. So that should be good. And then next weekend will be my first crew game because this weekend, well, no, two weekends from now because this weekend is too darn cold to go see soccer in an open stadium. So, mm. gotcha. Yeah, by the time that everyone hears this, I will have gone to uh, my first in-person hockey game. So, there you go. Uh, nice. Yeah, my my wife and I were taking my brother-in-law 
um, to a, a Dallas Stars game. They're playing the uh, Buffalo Sabres, so that should be. Um, I, I'm hoping that'll be an easy win for the Stars, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, well, let's get into it, guys. Um, so, if you haven't read this book, uh, we're going we're to be talking about uh, a book from Star Trek: The Next Generation called Q Squared. It's by Peter David, and on the cover we have Picard, we have Q, and we have Trelane, otherwise known as the Squire of Gothos, uh, an original series character that and we would probably know. There's this cool lightsaber battle on yeah, the front yeah, cover too. Like <laughs> I was like, why are they why are they fighting with lightsabers on the front cover? No, okay, it's either that <laughs> or or what um, uh, we did. Um, at Topico, maybe it wasn't you and I, but whenever they would like go in fog, I, when I was with 106, we would fog the campsite and uh, we'd get our flashlights out after the fogging and we were pretending we were doing like lightsaber battles and stuff in the fog. It was great. Anyway. Yeah, but that's totally, it looks like a lightsaber battle Doesn't on the it? front cover. It really does. <laughs> I mean, with all the science that goes into here, you think somebody could have just created a lightsaber, you know? I, I, I mean, I'm just, I just feel like that, that should be more possible. Trek universe. I'm thinking that's going to be season three of Picard or season five of Discovery. Just wait for it. Or if anyone's going to do it, it'll be season three of Lower Decks. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why the heck not? Why the heck not? Then they so, can make another sex joke. It'll just go... F- Never mind. I'll stop. Oh, speaking of um, Lower deck sex jokes... <laughs> I'm glad I set this one up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> so I saw um, I saw this meme. I don't know if y'all saw it or not, but it was um, it was like the DMA, right? And it was like the light part of the DMA, and it was like the center of the DMA, and it was like Boimler with like the legs spread with like the sensor bar. Oh my god! Come on! <laughs> Stop it! Uh, this kid show. <laughs> this is a family show, right? Goodness. All right, so yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking about this book, um, this go around. So Star Trek: The Next Generation Q squared, and um, like we were we were talking about, kind of joking but kind of not joking, we did do a Twitter poll on this um, here about a month ago to decide uh, which book we're gonna read, and it was uh, came down to uh, Q squared, and I believe it was the um, or the autobiography of Picard, if I'm not mistaken, were the two choices, and um, this one won out, which there we go. And this is all, like, the idea behind it is, yeah, we have Picard that is going to, like, season two that's going to be dropping here in just a few short days. And we wanted to kind of have, like, I don't know, some primer whatever type stuff. I mean, we we just recently did, not too long ago, an episode on Q, like a definitive Q type of episode. Um, I think it was, like, last, earlier this month. There we go. Not last month, earlier this month. And... Um, knowing that Q's coming back, of course, we just want to like have like some Q stuff going on. Now, this isn't canon by any means. This is not a canon story. But this is, in terms of timeline, this is something that takes place um, right around the seventh season of Next Generation for the most part, which, even though it's not canon, it does have its implications with stuff like, um, uh, like the Voyager storylines where Q pops up, like Q2, for example. 
Uh, so we'll be talking about that. And um, this book was written by Peter David, uh, who's the same guy that also wrote Imzadi. So if you're a big fan of the Imzadi book, there's a chance you may like this, that you'll probably like this, uh, with some fairly similar beats to it um, that Imzadi kind of has in it for the most part. But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah, Eric, this was this was your idea. Your this yes. was your idea, man. So I'm gonna let you kick it off with any initial thoughts that you have about this book. Well, you know, having it, you know, this book ties into the character of Trelane from the Squire of Gothos, a classic season one episode of the original series. And there was a lot of speculation throughout the years that like, oh, you know, Trelane is a Q. Like they hadn't they hadn't. Uh, come up with the idea of the Q right at the time of the, the original series but all during the run of the next generation people were like oh well people were trying to make Trelane fit as a Q right as this powerful being and uh, I don't know the idea of that they actually wrote a book I guess this book is 25 years old but <laughs> I didn't know it existed until you know June July, you know, it's an interesting idea of trying to make it fit. I mean, does it always work, like, fitting Trelane into, like, being a Q? Uh, maybe not, right? Maybe not. Uh, but I, I thought it was an interesting story of, like, a young Q needing to, like, be trained. We've seen that story in Voyager, right, where Q has a son, Right, and he leaves him with Janeway to try to like train him. So, I like that idea. And you know, children always think they know more than they know, and children always want the adults to like let them be themselves. And what what troubles can happen there? So, I like the idea of the story. Um, I really did, and I liked bringing back a classic character from the original series. I will say that. Very cool. You, you know, I, I, like you, I had no idea that this book existed. I mean, truthfully, until David and I really started doing book reviews like two years ago, right? Two years ago? Gosh, yeah, two years ago. Wow. It's crazy. Um, I hadn't really done anything with Star Trek books, comics, like anything beyond the show, right? Like I think that was the case for David and I both. Yeah. And like just being able to go in the Wayback Machine and like look at some of these these stories, I think has been pretty cool. And I had forgot that I forgot about uh, Trelane. Like as as bad as that sounds. And uh, I mean, it's in fact whenever I got to um, the comic. The, the Q Conflict. Uh, Trelane shows up in the Q Conflict uh, comic series, and I actually had to go back, and uh, it, yeah, as the Picard series was start, or right around the time um, Picard season one was coming out, so um, it, it was it was it was neat being able to like kind of revisit him and you know look look at Trelane through the through the eyes of being a Q because remember I hadn't heard anything about this like cue conversation with this particular character so I mean even looking at like the pictures that are on the cover of the book 
like of Q and Trulane, like there's like a little bit of a, res of a resemblance in terms of like how I think the, the photo was edited or manipulated or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I think there's even like a case for like a Q appearance amongst the two characters for the most part. Yeah. And I think, um, I think way back when we started talking about books, I think Star Trek's kind of one of those shows that you can go into the shows and the movies and, and not really have to seek out a ton of extra, in quotations, lore. Whereas, like, so, like, in a Star Wars universe, especially, like, right now, you almost have to read some of the books and so forth in order to understand certain characters that you see, depending on what they eventually could potentially make live action. But, um... I mean, I'll, 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 give, I'll give this book a little bit of props for, while I'm not, I'm not usually a fan of time manipulation, multiverse, and all that kind of stuff, I do like a little bit more linear time in stories. They did kind of make it a bit more interesting uh, in this book in a, in a chaotic way. The other thing um, that I would also just put forward here... The, so the uh, I went through the audiobook. You guys both read the actual book, correct? Yes. Yeah, I think that was both the thing. So For the, the audiobook, yeah. what's that? For the most part, I mean, like I normally do. Oh, did, what did I did you did you try and do did you try and do them both? Like the, yeah, the hybrid type of thing, which by the way, that does not work with an uh, with an abridged story. Like that's like stupid challenging trying to find like page numbers. Whenever yeah. it's on the list, it has four <laughs> chapters on audiobook. By the way, well, yeah, the the audiobook was cut a little a little strangely. There was, was also some strange like white noise and like uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. The the in between like in quotation chapter sounds reminded me of something, but now it's out of my head and I can't remember what it was. But it was narrated by John Delancey, so I mean we we had actually Q reading the book, which was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think the book itself did a good job of kind of, um, presenting an interesting, kind of an interesting view of the universe that was sort of surrounding the story. So I, I can appreciate that. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it did, it did its best to like <clears throat> talk about not just the episode, the Squire of Gothos. But it, it made reference to a lot of other episodes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where no man has gone before, something gets shoehorned in there. Um, the epi the parallels episode with Worf, right, mm -hmm. from season seven, right? And so it 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 makes reference to a lot of to a lot of these episodes in there, in you know some interest, and obviously yesterday's Enterprise as well. Yes. And what was um. I can't believe I'm like forgetting the name of the episode. Um, was it um, was it Violations, where there's like the flashback with two Picard? Isn't Violations the one where, like, almost like the picture of Dorian Gray episode, where that like empath guy like pushes all of his negative emotions onto Deanna Troy? Uh, no, that's like that's Man of the People. That are you, are you sure? Yeah, man Could of the be. people. Yeah, man of the people is the one where um, where the the empath 
puts all negative energy into people and they think that it's his grandmother but it's really like his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, the picture yeah. of Dorian Gray episode. Yep, that's that's Man of the People. Um, but I, the thing I'm getting at is, is violations like with the, the, the Picard like um, actual hair and a younger crusher and they have to like go claim the body of, of Jack and everything. No idea what I'm talking about? I, I very clearly reckon very. remember that scene but I don't really remember. So yeah. Enough. yeah, you you stumped me. Hmm. Hmm. Like, okay. I mean, let's mark this date down. What date wow. are we recording? What time? <laughs> Chase stumped Eric with an episode title. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> I'm never the captain ag- now. Never again. <laughs> Oh, man. So the reason I bring that up is we have some, like, trippy flashback, parallel, weird stuff going on uh, with with some folks. And uh, and part of that has to do with the characters of Crusher and Crusher and Picard. Or Crusher, Howard, and Picard. Or whatever. And, uh, anyways, let's I guess let's get into it. Let, let's get into it. So there are three, essentially three storylines. And when you when you do the audiobook, there are four chapters. And I think it's like right around three and a half some odd hours, plus or minus a few, uh, for that for the abridged audiobook. Compared to what this end up being? It was like four hundred and thirty pages. Yeah, four hundred and thirty some odd pages. And it's separated by like track A track B and C and within each of the tracks it like resets the chapter numbers which gets wildly confusing when you're trying to find the correct chapter whatever that you're listening to Um, if you do the hybrid approach like I try and do with most of these things where I can listen to it in my car or on my phone or whatever and then pick up the book later on yes Eric that is correct was that violations Yes, it is. Ha! Ha! I did a thing. I did a thing. That's why I'm the captain. <laughs> that's, that's why he's the captain. I've been known to stump people from time to time. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I don't know how we're going to really talk. We'll, 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 we'll work our way through it. But each of these tracks, we're seeing what David loves, like parallel multiverse time traveling shenanigan stuff going on for the most part and where this opens up is among other things we have freaking uh, Picard on the Enterprise no Stargazer no, no Enterprise I, it's it, Enterprise it it's for, Enterprise. yeah a very confusing yeah. opening to this yes. like wait what's happening yes so we have Picard <laughs> on the Enterprise we have Picard on the Enterprise and then comes in this other character, which we find out is Jack Crusher. Yeah, but at first it just says Crusher. Yeah, it just says like... Crusher. <laughs> yeah. And um, not only is Picard and Crusher there, but so is this other Crusher. That's not a Crusher anymore. And that's that's Beverly. It's Beverly Howard because apparently Crusher and Howard. Crusher and Crusher got divorced, and Crusher decided she wanted to be Howard now. 
And to make things even more crazy and have even more shenanigans, Jack is the captain of the Enterprise. What is this? Yeah, yeah, very disorienting opening when it's like Picard says, you don't get to be first officer of the flagship that easily. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I mean, Picard had a very different path in this in this line. Yeah. I mean, he was court-martialed in this one for his actions on the Stargazer as opposed to effectively not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there no, no, so. there's no Picard maneuver in this either. It's the Crusher it's maneuver. Crusher maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That sounds naughty. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, so yeah, Picard got court-martialed for the Stargazer incident, but like, his best friend Jack, Jack Crusher, right, um, helped him, like, get back his rep- only just get demoted and not like kicked out of Starfleet mm-hmm. and then took him on as his first officer as Jack Crusher became the captain of the Enterprise that's like wait what didn't what die what is Crusher going didn't on die. here in this story <laughs> and Jack Crusher did not die like he originally did in the, tr- in the, the main storyline right like he always did and okay so am I correct in in understanding that whenever whenever it comes like star you know starship operations that nine times out of ten the captain gets to choose their their like senior staff correct Eh, I don't know if that's always true I don't know. I mean, we, we've had stuff in here about, like, looking at application. I mean, that's even what, like, Picard was talking about. I wanted somebody who would, you know, question me incessantly and be up my butt the whole time. But um, it, 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 that doesn't – I don't think that that rings for any of the others. Have we ever heard that Yeah, like, I don't think, like, before? like C- Cisco didn't get to choose any of his no. sta- uh, any of his staff. No. Um I think they were already, I mean, most of them were like Bajoran, you know, militia. And he well, was. Well, but I mean, he didn't get to choose O'Brien as the chief operations. Okay, or I guess. Bashir chose, chose or Dax, the right? Okay, okay, fine, fine. He didn't pick Odo. I, but, okay, okay, okay. My point is if you are a captain, I would think that you would have like some sway in being able to you know, make a decision on who, like, some of your senior staff is. Like, regardless of, like, officers in general, like, senior staff, like, the people that you want, like, a really well-oiled machine, so to speak, um, like, you would have some, like, final say, like, yeah, I'll take them type of thing. And that's the where this next part comes in. Like, hey, hey, Johnny, man, um, mm. so chief medical officer... Yeah, my ex. Mm. Beverly Howard is going to be doing the thing here. Can you... I, I still care about her and stuff, but can you kind of, you know, right. run interference for me? Like, that'd be that'd be great. 
But I, I think this idea is also playing off of what we see in Encounter at Farpoint, where, like, Picard says to Cru- Doc- Dr. Crusher, Beverly Crusher, mm-hmm. like, if you want to be transferred off this ship, I, I understand. And she's like, why? Am I not doing my duties as chief medical officer? Am I not the best person? He's like, no, of course you are. Like, well, then you must have a personal problem with me if you don't want me here. He's like, no, I, I just thought it might be uncomfortable for you. So I think that's what this is trying to recreate is that idea from the counter to far point. Sure. But still, like, we, we <clears throat> look, I know you, I don't think either of you watched the Orville, do you? No. I saw, like, maybe, I know the first season and maybe a little bit of the second season. Okay, so I'm not going to really spoil this because it's in the very first episode at the very beginning, by the way. Like, you could want, see it, like, in the first five minutes. But the first officer and the captain in the Orville, are, they, were, they used to be married. They're divorced, and they're, they're running the ship together, basically. And just seeing them run a ship together, um, like, they're, they're able to, like, you know, get over it, basically, and, and do things. But... I was just like I couldn't help but think of of Ed Mercer and Kelly Grayson uh, from the Orville as I was like as I was like reading this and, and hearing this like stuff unfold in this particular book, knowing that this was you know almost thirty years old for crying out loud. To be fair, there was a lot more goo in the Orville though. So. That's very true, my dude. Yeah, it's very true. I think we need. I think we need to review the Orville when it comes out in two weeks. We got one more thing we got to review. I, mean, I feel like the Orville's been gone for like three years, hasn't it? Like, yeah, all, like it hasn't had any new episodes in like three years. Yeah, because yeah, that's mm, that's yeah. They're, they're, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep let's keep going. So we're yeah. Can you run some interference for me? Sure. And through all this like we're, we we know that we know we learn that Crusher that, that Captain Crusher still has feelings for her like truly has feelings for her among other things and there's just like stuff like the, the, the whole beginning just was very jarring and very just confusing um, at times like with where we are in terms of like what's happening so like right off the bat like that was something I didn't like about this like just like trying to find like some footing like what can I hold on to when it comes to this story and along the way we're being introduced to a host of other familiar characters just in different um, roles I guess different um, different paths paths yeah of of their life Um, among which we we come across um, Worf and um, and some some Romulan stuff that's going on and um, some darkness and some like almost like chain of command style crap going on if I'm not mistaken in terms of like a what we find out is like essentially a rescue mission and all we hear is like this one random dude just saying Deanna Deanna like that's all they they can really say like they're almost like catatonic or they are catatonic in terms of what they're doing and saying and uh, it's eventually revealed that the person that's doing that is Riker 
Well, one of the one of the things though, and one of the reasons why I, I kind of like the way they they kind of handled time a bit more in this book is that although in the structure of a multiverse where any choice that can be made is made in an alternate reality, the fact are that there are some inevitable truths that will never necessarily be undone or done in a in in such a different way at least in this book whereas uh Riker and Deanna are still linked as they always have been and always will be um and then even Picard to get a little further Picard and Beverly in this with Mm -hmm. their little secret secret love making which is what it reminded me of Imzadi some of the uh some of those words that came up you know, in the throes of passion but um, that that was always kind of a theme in, in TNG where there was always that, that kind of that connection and then ultimately in our uh, what was the one episode where they wound up uh, they were married but he was bouncing Picard was bouncing between timelines all good, things. All good things all good things so in one of the timelines they were married later on down the road so like these are kind of things and themes that continue to happen despite the fact that there are subtle differences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well in Worf Worf 2 fast track to High Council that's always kind of been a Worf thing Yeah. did you want to say something Eric? No, I just, I mean, you know, you're trying to find your footing in track in track A, right? When it right. starts track A, and you see all these characters that you know them, but they're not the same character you know. Like, Jordy is nurse, nurse. Nurse LaForge, yeah. right? <laughs> and he has, he has real cloned, he has cloned eyes, right? So he can actually see, he doesn't wear his visor anymore. And track A, it like starts with the Farpoint mission, basically, right? That it's like time like moved slower in in that multiverse, so it's mm-hmm. like we're not at the same moment in time. We're essentially just putting the crew together to go to the Farpoint mission, and Tasha Yar is there, right? Worf is just a junior officer there. Mm-hmm. No, Worf, no, Worf's not there, right? In track mm-hmm. A. Worf is a Klingon. Like a yeah, this is this is what gets confusing because uh, w- I thought Tasha was a part of the the parallels timeline. Am I getting that incorrect? Well, Tasha Tasha's in both Track A and Track C, right? Which Track C yeah. is like the is like the yesterday's Enterprise story. Or yesterday's line. Enterprise. Right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's also in track a right there's two chaos chaos eric it's all (laughs) chaos so much chaos yeah (sighs) yeah but it's it's essentially they're going to the farpoint mission and like the q energy field pops up but it's not q right it's trelane that's right it's like everything is the same but everything is different exactly and even I think one thing if unless I'm getting like things really messed up I really should have taken better notes y'all um, <laughs> good I need like you a think, freaking... you would think three people could have gotten it straight 
right? Like, I, I need, like, a freaking, like, mind map or something to be able to make sense of this crap sometimes. Um, but, like, again, unless I'm getting, like, wildly lost with stuff, one thing I think that we might have glossed over a little bit is even, like, what's going on with Q at this point, too. With... He's not what we've known him to be, right? Like, this like humanoid you know John Delancey looking thing he's basically like this vapor essentially well I think that happens later in is the that story. later yeah is that later see this is yeah. this is why I have yeah. you guys <laughs> yeah I mean it wasn't the f- the first time <sighs> yeah and see now I'm getting confused too because wasn't the first time we saw Q he was kind of <laughs> I-, I guess a little beaten up yes yeah. Yes. Like, so he was and, a little confused. He was himself. confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you, you learn that like later in the book he got like his first appearance he like pops out of a wall and he's yeah. like woozy. But then like later on we see in the book where like what happens to make him go back to that that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, I'm glad that we got that figured out mm-hmm. now that I've like lost all my cred for, for <laughs> talking about this book let's just call it a day everyone thank you so much for listening <laughs> oh, <geez>. well <laughs> I mean j- just just I guess in continuance so you have your I guess what we typically call like the prime timeline so yeah. right. normal enterprise everything's cool track B and, right yeah okay sure fine I don't know what tracks are anymore Eric <laughs> But in this, this is kind of where we get sort of the, the, the very beginning of kind of the, the whole conflict where Q brings Trelane in an attempt to effectively help him develop. That's the development factor. Like, he's like, this, this guy's nuts. Help me. Help me, guys. Come on, Professor Martinez. Teach him empathy and, and human stuff. Um, and effectively like the sort of petulant child he is, he gets offended. You know, he gets offended by Guinan. He gets offended by Martinez at one point. He's he's almost perpetually offended, which I could be wrong, but I feel like was sort of the catalyst for then eventually what he goes to do. Yeah. But then Picard wants him off the ship, so I guess you could technically also say Picard offended him as well. If there were white gloves in here, there'd be so many face slaps. <laughs> well, I mean, we are challenged to a duel. That is how the Squire of Gothos, as an episode, ends, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that Kirk and Kirk and Trelane have a duel? Right. And Spock ends up calling him a naughty boy. <laughs> it's kind of awkward, by the way. Spock just anyway. A little bit. Yeah, it's fine. Um, okay. So, things are kind of heating up and getting super awkward um, with Picard and Howard. Howard being Lady Crusher, former Lady Crusher. Beverly. Yeah, Beverly. Beverly. You need to insert the sound clip of him saying Beverly from Naked Now. That's my favorite. Oh boy, Whew. drunk Picard. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Don't tempt me, Frodo. Do, do I need to talk about this? Do, do, I need to, do we need to talk about this? What happened? Well, no, I mean, P- Picard and, and Beverly have been seeing each other for a while. They, yeah, they start having... It's not an affair because yeah. she's divorced, but well, he, they want to well keep be, it... Though. They want to keep it clandestine. Right. Well, he tried to run away, which is a Picard maneuver, by the way. <laughs> that is the the original Picard maneuver. So he did. He, he ran away. Now they're reunited, and they, you know, get back to what they're doing. Not which... only that. Not only did he run away, but he came up with, like, this, like, freaking random, like, Starfleet lie of going on, like, a deep space mission to like get him like far away from Beverly for crying out loud like why not just like just Chase ah. it's what he does there was like a whole episode of him reuniting with the girl he left in Paris yeah I mean I mean this is this is the Picard maneuver it was the first he's got many maneuvers I'm gonna do my Picard maneuver right now right <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, y- y- y'all say it like it's not an affair. Like it might as well have been. It might. I mean, like when you're like when when you're like you're someone's number one who just so happens to be like your real life best friend, and you're 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 ha- you're having some some clandestine relations with one another. It might as well be like especially with how things like play out in a freaking transporter for crying out or not or I'm sorry a, um, a turbo lift for crying out loud. I mean, do you think that so Picard was a wild guy, like when he was young, in his youth, yeah. He he was he was pretty wild, stabbed through the heart by Nausicaan. Right. Even after that, I think he was still kind of a little wild and free. Do you think? It, well, and I would even argue that he's even a little wild now because he's not the man. Do you think that him making captain of the flagship was the final thing that, like, actually calmed him down? Like, made him into sort of the stoic? Because, like, again, we're in non-canon book, blah, 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 blah. But he was court-martialed after the Stargazer thing. He comes back through, and he's kind of still exhibiting the, those sort of behaviors that he would have when he was younger. He's just a first officer, flagship. I mean, we got to remember that Picard was like, he was the captain of the Stargazer for like 20 years before he was, yeah, Yeah, he was a long time. 20 years. Because he was only like 28 years old when he made captain of the Stargazer. Interesting. And then like another 15 years amongst the two different Enterprise ships. Mm -hmm. So I mean, life expectancies are longer here, so you can be wild for as long as you want. But, but I think it was, like, whenever Picard was, you know, like, doing, like, the whole Battle of Maxia, became the hero of Maxia, did the whole Picard maneuver. Like, I think that was probably more of, like, the thing that, like, mellowed him the heck out. And I think it just was even more solidified with, with the Enterprise. So, I mean, like, maybe. Maybe, like, because there weren't certain events that took place to, like get him to chill the heck out like maybe that's why he's still kind of like the Riker-esque character makes sense yep mm-hmm. okay yep. 
Shall we continue? Yeah. Please do. So, that was so polite, David. That was so polite. Yes, yeah. please do. Yeah. So our our prime timeline, right? Track B, right? Like we were saying, I guess this is where we get to the crux or the main plot points, I guess. We're not right. going to go. We don't go into it all. But, yeah, Trelane is a petulant child who wants what he wants and can't get it. And so he's like, I will show them and I will seek power right as much power as i want right and i'm gonna show those adults that that didn't think i had it in me and he goes in search of some like mysterious power source or something like that right which causes q to freak the heck out yeah and like essentially like go pale as a ghost for crying out loud whenever like that's dropped and like realizing what what Trillane's wanting to do as a result of all this, which is basically end everything, especially the Q. Yeah, and he wants to like end the Q continuum with this search for power, and this is when I think Q, like Q, gets like transformed into this disembodied like consciousness figure, right? Because like Trillane attacks him, and he like mm-hmm. has to escape, but doesn't quite make it out. Well, he's effectively torn apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have all of his memories either, so part of the book is him trying to remember even how to be a Q, who, who he is, events, all that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, he's trying to remember what he's supposed to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, with, with him wanting to um, effectively destroy the Q because... Of of a host of different, um, of of different um, offenses or, or scoldings or whatever that he's experienced throughout his life, and we find out that Q was essentially his godfather. I think was like the title. That's what like, he said. Yeah, yeah the yeah. god. Like I'm his godfather, basically. Like ever, and, and then and which connects even to like the Q two stuff and like the, um, oh my gosh. Um, just talking about this too. Uh, Q that wants to commit suicide. Death wish. Death wish. Thank you. Um, even like connecting to that kind of stuff too. Um, that you have to be mentored. You have to be trained by a, a more elder, seasoned Q. So like I liked, I like seeing that uh, that popping up in the books, uh, which I guess was around. The, uh, that was that was yeah, that was around the time Voyager was was coming out. Like with this book, I think. Right. Well, this book, I think, came out in 94. This is copyright 94. That episode of Voyager, it was in season two, so it would have been... So it would have been like 96, 97? 96, 97, yeah. Okay, so never mind, I was wrong. Okay. Um, One thing, I want to camp out on this for a second. Like, when when Trelane is essentially pontificating about how much he wants to end and, like... Like, I found the thing that's going to do the thing to end the thing. Um, I don't know why I like this, but I liked the fact that we had, like, a moment of, like, true purpose when it came to, like, the Q, like, as a, as a people, as a society, in terms of we are essentially here to, like, govern, um, like, reality, 
like and, and keep it safe essentially i think is kind of like what he was getting at for yeah, the most part he was part. saying we're here to like allow other species to exist to like create and like manage not necessarily to create other life but to like manage the system so life can be created like mm-hmm. we're going to basically set up the situation make sure it doesn't get messed with so that life is possible right and for that for that very fact right there of like what the Q are are meant to do based on this book the fact that we're 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 talking about that being just like ripped apart and just utter chaos just ensuing as a result of like what that would mean for different aspects of creation um Again, I thought that I thought I really enjoyed that, and I thought that really added to the stakes of what was happening in this particular story. So I thought that I thought that was well done. I mean, that, that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that too. I mean, a lot of what we've gotten from the queue is just sort of like this semi-disruptive force that can do whatever they want, and then sometimes does some backhanded lesson to Picard. And then Picard yells, get the hell out of here type of deal, you know. So um, one thing I, I kind of, you know, got me thinking sort of philosophically a bit. So cues existed before time, as it would be currently known. But they didn't specifically say that cues created time. We're talking about cues as more of a guardian of I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) I mean, guardians of, I don't know, life, the universe, something major, something big. But it didn't necessarily say that they created it. So it brings upon a philosophical question of, okay, so then like, but like how? Because even Q makes an offhanded joke. I don't remember what it was. I wish I would have written it down. But it was something about like... He was next to God when he... Yeah, like, he, he met God when God created him. <laughs> yeah. Something like God said it was a... Oh, I don't know about this idea. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, sure, do it. Whatever. Whatever, God, it's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, so... I, mean, I mean, John Delancey, I mean, as Q says in one episode, like, the Q never came into existence. The Q simply have always existed. Maybe that's a quote from the Sheldon Show. I forget Shel- what episode he says it in. You say the Sheldon Show? No, I said that's a quote from the show. I heard Sheldon Show. No, no, did not say the Sheldon <laughs> Show. What's the Sheldon Show? So anyway, it's about ready. Young, it's about young Sheldon on CBS. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so, no, but I, it's it's just an interesting think thing. Just a thinker for me because. It, we even had the episode where um, ah, Picard's uh, archaeologist teacher comes back and tries to get him, and they figure out the secret of the universe that they were all all these planets were seeded by a species that looks suspiciously like changelings, um, and even use the same actress. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's it's just kind of an interesting thing because it, there there is there has been contradiction about creation in general in the show there's a scientific version of creation but then there's also sort of this extra bit that just kind of gets thrown in there you know so just 
kind of made me think a little bit. And I, I mean, I kind of like when, when a book will make me think like that. I don't like it when anything makes me think. Yeah, it hurts your head. It hurt, oh, I mean, hurts. That's, that's why you continue to make us do disco books and shit. Lower decks. David, are you about to get in your shuttlecraft and go home? Because I feel like you are right now. I mean, there's only one disco book, right? Mm, that we've reviewed. There are oh, quite a few disco books. There are more disco books? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> we, we need the Charles Vance book, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. Dad Charles Vance. The Dad and Roll. <laughs> oh, boy. We're off the rails. We're off the rails. Okay. okay. All right. Track C. The, like the yesterday's Enterprise yeah. timeline, which I doesn't like. I don't think this serves any purpose other than like the chaotic ending, right? Because I don't think Q or Trelane shows up in that timeline at all. He he laughs in the audio drama. I think the only reason why that was relevant was because the Enterprise C's failure was what gave birth to the militaristic timeline. Mm-hmm. And I right. think that that was the, I, I would assume that's the, that's the reason why it was there so that we could bring in like military Picard and, and Riker and, and all that sort of stuff. So I right, guess but that, it doesn't have anything to do with the Q at all, right? Well, mm. Tre- Trelane did make the, Unless, the, yeah, the, until the ending. Made, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he just messed with it. Yeah. yeah. That was it, though. Yeah, yeah, but essentially, like, that Enterprise C, right, was, like, never, like, made it back, right? They, like, our Enterprise in that alternate timeline was never able to send them back so they could, like, complete that mission and right. stop the war with the Federation. So that timeline continued to exist as some other like parallel universe right 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 yeah i think what i think track c had like some of like the most chapters to it compared to like the other tracks if i'm not mistaken really i thought it had the least track c yesterday that yesterday's enterprise one if i'm if i remember it right so I think track A is where we camped out for a long time. Track A was fairly prevalent. Like yeah. like the the Will Riker like, you know, I'm now I'm being released from my torture chamber stuff took up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. For like I felt like a li- very little payout. Okay. Well, there are 25 chapters in track C, by the way. Um, but they're like I mean, but two there's page chapters. Short yeah, they're like really short. Toward the end of this book, some of these chapters get really short. They're like a page. They're like a page, yeah. They're like page-long <laughs> chapters. Chaos, boys, chaos. <laughs> My because, kind of chapter, yeah, by the way. Yeah, chaos, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like here, when we get towards the end, when things are like starting to kind of wrap up, we have... Q and we have um, Picard that are trying to essentially like work together to stop the things from happening like to to bring some kind of order back some kind of nor- normalcy whatever to to what we know to the experience that they know um, 
just in general, like getting away from this yesterday's Enterprise stuff. Um, even even Guinan making an appearance here in yesterday's Enterprise, much like Guinan did even in that episode too. Like things are like like this like things are right, but they're not right. Things are kind of off. And but instead of instead of that being Guinan, it's Picard this time who is like noticing very subtle shifts, like in the mirror. Like I was wearing a different uniform, but I wasn't. I was talking to you, Guinan, but apparently I wasn't because you have no memory of this because you were serving drinks the entire time. And we we got to get things back to normal. And so so what do we do? So what do we do? Well, I mean, like all three of these timelines start to merge together, right? And this is like Trelane. He's like, there's too many timelines out there. There's too much going on. Like, let's just let's just put them all together and let's let them royal rumble essentially. David, were you getting any Coda vibes by this? I realize Coda came out way after this, but just out of curiosity, were you? Well, I mean, sort of, s- sort of. I mean, obviously, I think that the biggest difference is, is that everything just sort of fell into each other as opposed to multiple timelines doing the same thing, the same thing failing, the same thing failing, and then finally one timeline is able to break through. Um, the Really the only parallel I, I, I guess I could draw is that we did have the sort of multiple personality thing crop up in CODA really where did. they were starting to experience things from, from past or, or excuse me, I guess parallel universes that had already collapsed i.e. Worf and his vision quest that he went on with Spock. So, yeah, technically, but this was the more tangible, physical, inline sort of version of that. So, yeah, I, I guess you could certainly draw draw parallels. What are you trying to say, Chase? You think they're plagiarizing from a 1994 book? Huh? Yes. Huh? huh? No. <laughs> no, but, like, the... You the... stole my idea! Dad, gummit! Man! <laughs> Dag nabbit! <laughs> That's a good one too. No, um, I, I I was thinking of like some of the scenes that we were reading and, and whatnot from from different Coda book, like the different Coda books, and like the different stakes that were involved, and just like the fact that you had like the the uh, Davidians that were were essentially eating the different timelines, um, and and pruning the things and making things go bye-bye and just like what had to take place in that in the end of that book in order for things to be what they ended up being i'm trying to be a little cryptic because i don't think eric's read all of it yet so um but like i was getting some major major vibes so um recognizing obviously that coda came way way after Yeah, we get, and then we have this ending where, like, like we said, chaos, right? Absolute chaos. And there's like, we bring in all the characters, and like, there's three Rikers, there's three Picards, there's two crush, two two Beverly Crushers, right? There's two Geordie LaForges. There's there's a human Data. Yeah, there's a humanoid data, right? A human with a positronic brain in his head. Yeah. So it's right? Bicentennial there, Man. Got it. Right. There's there's three wharfs, 
right? There's the cl- the the Klingon warrior wharf. There's the junior security officer wharf, and there's the head of security wharf. And I'm like, wait, which wharf are we talking about? Which Riker are we talking about? <laughs> it got a little confusing there. I don't know if it got confusing for anybody else. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a bit it was definitely a bit confusing. Yes. The whole well, and then also in the audio drama, they they had Trelane playing the harpsichord over most of it too, which was oh. kind of interesting, kind of like an Alice in Wonderland type of thing going on you were, there. You were actually hearing the harpsichord in the background yeah. while he was narrating it. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was actually kind of a cool touch for, from an audiobook standpoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, this book is called Q Squared, and I, I think that's probably because of you know Q and Trelane, but there's a lot of triple stuff going on. Like, I feel like it should have been, you know, like, Q cubed or something like that. Well, then you'd just be third Q. I mean, we got three of everything else, man. I know. Let's do it. Like, we got, <laughs> we have three different time, we have three different parallel timelines. We have three sets of folks. We have three different problems. Why not just have three Q, well, for crying out loud? We don't we have, only three, ha- we sets don't have three, we don't have three sets of everything. Yeah. As we I might as well. Earlier, there is only one. There can only one be one. Pressure. All right, Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that got a little brutal, though. That got really brutal. I mean, effectively, you have to assume that Jack's demise was was based upon Trelane's sort of meddling. And, and Q, I, I believe there was even a part where Q had said to Picard, it's like I was kind of holding you and a couple people together so you didn't have to feel the effects of chaos here. But, yeah, Jack went uh, Jack. Went Jack. Here's Johnny. He he, yeah. he came in and he effectively killed a Beverly Crusher with the prime timeline Picard there, and then he killed himself, which was oh, like spoiler. oh I didn't think we were going that hardcore into spoilers. Well, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut it in post. Yeah, I'm kidding. No, it was it was just it was it was kind of honestly it was kind of brutal. It was, it was just kind of a brutal thing. It was, it was yeah. To, ha- to have in the book, you know. It's like he, he yeah, he, he figures out that Picard and his ex-wife are having an affair, right? And Trelane kind of eggs him on, and he he loses it. They're always together. They were always meant to be. You were in the way. I, I kind of wish they didn't do Jack that dirty, though. You know, you, I always like root for one character who's not necessarily a main character, like do something either heroic or, 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 or something, just something that adds. And they didn't do that with Jack. I mean, just he succumbed to the madness of the situation, which that right. you know, was kind of sad. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we're about we're at the end. Yeah, yeah, let's get to the yeah. duel. I mean, like the lightsaber duel. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Picard and Trelane have a lightsaber duel essentially. Or, I mean, they they Picard challenges him to a sword fight. I challenge you to a duel, good sir. All of my fencing skills, right? I can sword fight you. Just the most random thing ever. <laughs> it, it was very original series esque. It really was. Yeah. Like let's 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 take something straight out of Sulu's playbook for crying out loud. 
I mean, Sulu's in this book. But still, <laughs> like, freaking shirtless Sulu going in... Anyway. Yeah, yeah so we, they, we, ha they have a duel. They have their yeah, little that, lightsaber that, that's duel. How, that's the only, apparently the only way we can reason our way out of that. You have yeah. a one Enterprise coming into the planet. It's going to crash. Trelane's got his chaos device going full bore, playing the harpsichord. You get a saber duel. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, why Why the heck not? Chaos, man. But, um... You gotta collect all this chaos emeralds so you can become supersonic, right? That's right. Yeah, sure. And then the Dragon Ball so you can wish everybody back. It's good. There you go. And uh, don't cross the streams, right? But anyway, P Picard wins the duel. I mean, no way. Of course he does. does. Of course, he, of course, I mean, Picard's he, gonna win the duel. He's he's blinded by his own blood. I mean, it just it sounded so ridiculous when it was said in the audio drama. Well, I you know mean, Picard. That you know is Picard. such. That's such like a trope, though. Somebody gets blinded or something, but they can still like win the fight. I mean, it happens in the Matrix, right? Yes, it does. Neo gets blinded, but he can still win the fight. If if you, if you, anybody has read the screenplay for Episode Nine, Duel of the Fates, the one that didn't get made, right? Ray gets, like, blinded in the lightsaber duel, but then is able to, like, defeat Kylo Ren still, even though she's blinded. Right? That's a That's a thing. So he wins, and he wins. find out that Q is the sword, or he's imbuing something. I didn't really understand that. I would have yeah, just like, laughed if Q just like, in, was the sword. Q, I thought Q was the sword. I thought that's why. Insert dirty joke here. <laughs> just saying. You know, Picard, we, we 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 worked well together. We kind of you know saved the universe together. We should do this more often. Shut up, Q. As you wish, mon capitaine. And there we go. There we go. Q squared. Oh, we, Tr Trelane is... He's, like, gone, gone. I think he's, like, He's gone, a goner. Gone. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a goner. Yeah, he, he was thrown down the, you know, proverbial, like, energy shaft or whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably see him in, like, 30 years, sitting on a fancy chair on life support. It'll be fine. I'm just saying. Okay, let's let let's 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 move on. So we we've essentially like bumbled our way through this it, book. It was a confusing book. It really was a confusing book. Um, but I thought it was a pretty decent book. So let's let's roll into um, like our our number rating. So books we do one to five rating. Um, I guess like I'll kick this off. I normally like go to y'all first. Um, I'll just get this out of the way. Um, like I was struggling to even keep like some storylines straight. Um, I did enjoy this book. Um, I was listening to part of it while I was um, driving and running errands one day uh, to go see a friend um, and get some cool stuff. And uh, I, I was enjoying the story. I mean, I think for me, like some of the, the moments that really stood out um, as enjoyable were um, 
a lot of Worf stuff, honestly. Like, I really enjoyed, like, um, what Worf was doing in terms of, like, avenging um, his father. And whether it was right or not, it was rescuing stuff. It was whatever. Um, I enjoyed seeing Crusher back, or Jack, you know, Jack back. Um, even seeing a different side of, of Q, um, a maybe a more grounded Q for the most part compared to a lot of like the trickstery kind of conniving, annoying character that we see at different points of the TV show. Um, the thing that like kind of was annoying to me was just how much information was really packed into it, but not packed into it, but was packed into it. So it was kind of hard to keep things straight. Like you really needed like a friggin' decoder ring to make sense of some stuff at times. Um, for me, I think I would probably give this book, it's not a bad book. It's, it's really not. It's, I think there's a, a pretty decent, enjoyable story. It's an easy read. It's certainly an easy listen for crying out loud. I say easy read after saying I got confused and lost, but, um, I would probably give this, I don't know, um, out of five, I'd probably give it like probably just a solid three for the most part. Solid three. So, uh, who wants to go next? Eric, David? I, mean, I can go. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'm always worried about when you read a book about, like, about a television show or about a movie is do the characters ring true, right? Is the character that you're reading in the book the same as the character that you were seeing on the television show and like I'll just go back to the most recent book we read, read the Revenant book I really felt like I was reading the Jadzia as she was played by Terry Farrell right it really rang true to the character I saw on screen and I really felt that here as I was reading this book like all of the characters like from, mostly from our, our prime timeline they felt like the same characters like you know, I, I felt like I was listening to Patrick Stewart. I felt like I was listening to Jonathan Frakes. Right? I definitely felt like I was listening to John Delancey, right, as he was pontificating, right? And so I really enjoyed that because I'm always worried about that happening. Um, you know, I like Q when Q is more philosophical and not the jokester, right? Like the tapestry and... Uh, the death wish i really like the and all good things so i enjoyed that there was there was some actual like depth to our q characters here it wasn't just hey we're gonna come be the trickster um but yeah and it was a fast read it was a fast read uh it really picked up the pace in like the end with these really short chapters where it was like in chaos and we were like running all over the ship um, it was a quick read. Uh, I liked it. I had fun, right? I think, I think that's probably what you want from a book like this mm -hmm. is to have fun. And I think I might give it like a three point five out of out of okay. ten out of out of five, not a three point five out of ten. Three point five like, out of five. Dang! <laughs> <laughs> he really likes it, but he's giving a three point five out of ten. Wow. <laughs> David, what would you give it, man? Oh man, so um, I I enjoyed the the more 
the idea of chaos, and I think it was written to that effect. I, I don't want to insult the author, but I'm going to. I think that if you would have had a more creative writer, I think this book would have been something special. Uh, I, I know, Chase, you enjoyed Coda quite a bit more than I did. And not that I hated Coda, I just... I, I didn't I, I didn't like I didn't like the inevitability of it. That that was my, my problem. That's my problem with all time books. This on the other hand was more of a mash of timelines and there was a way out because your your villain wasn't necessarily as OP as the Davidians were portrayed in Coda. Now, with that being said, again, no disrespect to the author, I'm sorry, but I definitely think that with somebody who had maybe more time, more imagination, this is just something that could have actually been one of those rare hidden gems that are out there in non-canon space, and it doesn't matter what fandom you're in, because the idea was so intriguing, and I think that they gave legitimately their best shot here. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Um, I hate using the term sometimes popcorn flick, but this was kind of like a popcorn book. This is something that you read midweek when you when you don't necessarily have to have a bunch of like long words, big science explanations, in-depth creative character development. It's just more about a singular story that is confusing. And that's where I think the time and the more imagination would have solved some of the confusion and maybe kept even chaos a bit more cohesive for a reader. Because the last thing you want to do in a book is lose, lose your reader. And I think that that's something that we kind of all displayed here when we were sort of trying to trace the timelines and trace the characters and everything. But I will also give some props here for some, like, some interesting callbacks to episodes. Um, sure that I mean I've enjoyed and you know and also you know Trelane the, the character which was as Eric kind of put it a classic original series episode so not a great book but not a terrible book I would probably put this somewhere I would probably say a 3.5 is appropriate I, I would say for the book definitely a read but definitely read it don't do the audio drama I wouldn't recommend the audio drama necessarily because I think it made it more confusing. I think I would have been less confused if I had actually sat down and read the book. But it was not a bad presentation, though. Just shouldn't have been abridged. Sure. Sure. I want, I want to read a little snippet from the introduction now that we're at the end. Um, where it's, a, uh, where it's, it's the author, Peter David, talking a little bit about this book in particular. Um, he starts off saying, I generally write two different types of Star Trek stories. The first type is your more standard adventure in which the characters from like original, next gen, whichever, get involved in some sort of series of events centered around a problem and have to resolve it, such as Rock and a Hard Place and the Siege are examples of those. The second is the more ambitious novel in which I endeavor to look at the long history of Star Trek and try and tell a story that weaves together various threads and adds to the concept of Trek as a vast and intricate tapestry. Some fans love this sort of story while others declare it to be fanish, which is odd since I write all my books for myself and I am a fan. Um, 
and he goes on to talk about how um, in, in you know writing Q squared he felt a little intimidated because of the success I guess that he had with um, Imzadi uh, which we we covered about a year ago um, on one of our episodes and also another Q related episode called our book called Q and Law and I want to say this read this last part he says um, I also kept in mind that many readers tell me that they sit down and shoot through one of my books in several hours I freely admit that I'm banking on that this time out because not to scare away anyone who is faint of heart but there's a lot going on in this one you may consider yourselves duly warned so he wrote this book to be like a zero to 90 kind of of storytelling just right out the gate in general so I think that's like the general consensus is like yeah it was a pretty easy read but maybe it could have like slowed down it could have like marinated a little bit more uh, for it to been more just palatable in general for like just understanding the story and like not getting lost in the sauce I don't know yeah but like I, I almost feel like he's contradicting himself at that point I also keep in mind that many readers tell me that they sit down and shoot through one of my books in several hours. I freely admit that I'm banking on that this time out because there is a lot going on. Mm-hmm. But if there's a lot going on, you would think that they wouldn't sit down and read it in one shot. You'd think they would need more time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I feel like he's contradicting himself with that statement. Yeah, I think I should probably just turn off my channel before I just flame this guy a little bit too much. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we've already given our, our our number reviews, and what is going on with me, y'all? Like, do y'all care about me? Like, for real? I've been giving, like, the lowest ratings for, like, everything. Quit it. <laughs> Re- recently. Quit doing that. Right? <laughs> well, you just, just shoot high, and then, like... You know. See, th- this is the equilibrium of, you know, you you put making higher ratings than I did on Coda. I think that's all we're talking about here. So, you know, you just no. you shot you shot too high there. You you flew too close to the sun, Icarus, and now you're coming back down. Your wax wings have failed you. Man. <laughs> wow. Good talk everyone. Okay, I I guess that's I guess that's the show. That's the show everyone. Thanks for listening. Um hope hopefully we didn't disappoint you too much in terms of our our review of this particular book um if you have read this book we'd love to hear your thoughts on it um like what you would rate this book um out of five uh one being a dumpster fire 10 or in five and 10 whatever 15 30 being amazing you know that sort of thing we're gonna rate this out of 30 to three okay. <laughs> Boy. i mean that just gets complicated yeah, because then our new 50% is now a 15. And anyway, with that, um, before we do get out of here, I tease this. We are going to be doing the autobiography of Catherine Janeway next month. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of Janeway and Women of Trek stuff next month. So uh, that'll be our book. So if you want to read along with us, uh, make sure you check that out. That'll come out end of end of March. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you again. Hope you did enjoy this. Um, you can connect with us on all the things. Learn about us. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. You can learn more about us at TRTVPod.com. Um, 
ways to support the show um, either tell like by tell a friend like help grow the show for crying out loud tell a friend about it share our um, our tweets our posts wherever we post um, make sure you download it like just subscribe and follow us so that it auto it's on the auto queue basically uh, for it to just show up on whatever your preferred uh, podcast listening service is and uh, go from there uh, again, if you want, if you're into uh, financially supporting the show, if you really like what we're doing, you want to help keep the lights on, you want to um, contribute to just advancing the show in general, uh, patreon.com slash these are the voyages. There's some affordable tiers there as well. Uh, uh, now, finally, if you do want to get in contact with us, make sure you do that. You can do that by um, opening up handling frequencies and entering in trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before timelines do weird triple-squared stuff. So be quick about it, because I don't want to die. Finally, if you do want to mail us something, like transfer orders because you feel awkward working with your ex, send it our way. It'll be fine. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for listening, and as always... Remember to boldly go and make it so.